Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to uh, Joe Squared. If you like us, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your mum, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell, tell, you, tell all your friends, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, grandparents. grandparents. A grandparent would love a listen, you know. Might make them feel young again. So <laughs> put a little review there, subscribe, do your thing. Thanks. Hello, hello, hello. Earlier on, I sat down to interview Royston Smith, MP for Southampton Itchen. We spoke about Dominic Cummins, MP's education, and death threats that he's been receiving. Enjoy. Yeah, you're part of a minority of MPs that didn't go to university, or you didn't finish a degree at university. What did you choose to do otherwise? I chose to go into the Royal Air Force and do an engineering apprenticeship on aeroplanes. Okay. Um, Do you feel any regret for not going to university? Um, If you regret the things that you haven't done rather than things that you have, then yes when i see you know the summer kids lying outside the hartley library in southampton um or all down at the um you know jesters sticking to the carpet i have some you know level of uh, regret um but not much only you know for i think as most normal people would um given the opportunity you just want to do everything so if i tell you what i did when i was 16 and I joined the Air Force and I was trained, basically, you know, started my uh, training as a propulsion engineer and then started traveling the world in a, in a Gucci flying suit, flying Nimrods to static air displays where I'd then take three days off, walking around the airplane, speaking to people and then going for a pint at night and then cutting around, you know, Gibraltar and Cyprus and around the Med and I don't know, is that a better or worse thing than doing a degree? So you have to decide, I suppose, what you want out of life. And, you know, the apprenticeship type thing, the earn while you learn, it's not a bad thing. It's um, it's an alternative thing. Yeah, that sounds better than my time at Winchester. <laughs> um, do you think it's important for MPs to have a degree? No, I don't think it's um, important for everyone to have a, a degree. And I do think it's important for... Um, MPs in general to have to come from various different backgrounds so when I listen to the Marcus Rashford story um, about um, free school meals his backstory would be um, if I only had his backstory I'd be a happy bloke but he thinks it's a really difficult and and challenging backstory and it is relatively Um, so the fact that I understand that I think is really helpful and important. The fact that Jacob Rees-Mogg almost certainly doesn't have any lived experiences of that doesn't mean that he should be excluded. I just think it takes all sorts. So people with degrees, people without degrees, people with, um, you know, hands-on experience and people without. I think there's a place for all of us. Yeah, so um, 88% of MPs went to university. 19% of the general public went to university. Do you think... Do you think that's a problem? No, I don't think it's a problem. You know, we have to understand that, um, you know, some people can uh, excel or do well um, 
in, in, in the circumstances that they either find themselves in, and that's kids from disadvantaged backgrounds that do really well and go to university and become MPs, uh, or kids not from disadvantaged backgrounds who don't go to university and do become MPs. All, you know, it's horses for courses. Um, however, when you're talking about making government policy and law and regulation and uh, being able to understand uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it, you have, you know, it, it isn't for everyone. And many of those people that will be drawn to it and will make good law and good regulation and understand why they're doing it will have gone through formal education. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What about the uh, the overrepresentation of people uh, of MPs that went to Oxbridge? So I think it's about nineteen nineteen percent of MPs went to Oxbridge, one percent of the of the public. Yeah, we, we could do this all day, couldn't we? You know, I watch um, the Premier League all on their knees doing Black Lives Matters when there are three percent of people in the population that are black, and probably fifty percent of Premier League footballers are black. Um, does it make the campaign for equality any less worthy because that group of people are doing it i don't think so um i, I do think that most of this knee taking and statue pulling down is massively over the top but i don't subscribe to it however um, i don't think you can you know say that one group of people uh, are more exclusive than another group of people it seems that more than mps going to oxbridge is that people that go to oxbridge are interested in going into politics and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But uh, you said earlier something about this, uh, like J Jacob Rees-Mogg would find it hard to understand where Marcus Rashford is coming from. So does, doesn't that then also apply that people from Oxbridge are making, are making decisions that affect uh, the wider population when maybe there's a, a lack of understanding about what the general public go through or their experiences? <laughs> Here's, here's something then. One and a half million people work for the NHS. We're talking about, you know, whether people reflect society. The biggest employer in the UK is the NHS, but not everyone has to be medical professionals. So the fact that Jacob Rees-Mogg doesn't understand Marcus Rashford's lived experiences doesn't matter when within the party there are people like me that do understand Marcus Rashford's lived experiences. So it takes all sorts of, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Oxbridge stuff because I know what it is. It's like a factory. So they all go off. They do really well. They go to Oxbridge. They then think that politics is the future for them, which is an interesting thing because I don't think that a lot of people understand what they're getting into. You know, there are a lot of people, not necessarily Oxbridge, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them are, that go into politics because they think they're going to be prime minister or something very much like it. They don't want to be an MP. They don't want to do what I do, which is get my hands dirty out on the streets, making sure... I'm representing as many people and as many issues as I possibly can. That's what being an MP is. What they want to be is in government. That's a different job. Now, you know, some of these are brain surgeons, scientists, whatever they otherwise would have been or did do before they went there, but they don't see their hands-on representation of a member of parliament representing their views in parliament. They see themselves as government. So there is an element of that, but that is countered by the whole spectrum from them whoever they are, no names, no pack drill, uh, right down to people like me, and there are plenty like me. You know, when I joined up in 15, there were 74 of us Conservative MPs, not all white, not all male, not all university educated. Maria Coalfield was a nurse. Scott Mann was a postman. 
takes all sorts. But I think the mix now in Parliament is really, really good. But that doesn't mean that everyone should be a postman, everyone should be a nurse, or everyone should be an aircraft engineer. Similarly, not everyone should come from Oxbridge. So what do you think that MPs who didn't go to university have to offer that, that those who did don't? We just offer different life experiences. You know, I don't know what it's like to have spent three years in Winchester. I don't. It doesn't matter how I, you know, try to imagine it. I don't. You can tell me and that would be all very helpful, but I don't. However, you do, but you don't know what it's like cutting around as a 17, 18-year-old in Gibraltar, um, you know, in the sunshine. I mean, I worked hard, I worked long. We did 24 on, 24 off. Who does shifts like that anymore? Anyway, <laughs> we did. But I didn't think that was a bad thing. I thought it was a great thing. Um, but you don't understand that unless I tell you. And it might sound great. I might be making it up or it might be, I might make it sound better. Whatever it is, you know, that it's different lived experiences. So degrees or non-degrees, Oxbridge or not Oxbridge, apprentices or nurses or, or postmen, they all bring a different perspective. And more of that is really, really healthy for our democracy. You know, it's still top heavy with people that went to university. But that's not a bad thing necessarily. It just, it just, if anything, we need to get more people to go to university. When I was a kid, it was between 3 and 10% or something when the university. It wasn't unusual for people like me not to go. Okay. Um, has the fact you didn't go to university ever come up in conversation with uh, other MPs? No, most people don't know. What about constituents? Most of them don't know. They just assume. So most, um, not most, I don't, I don't want to talk for everyone at all, but um, some people don't care. That's most. They don't care one way or the other they don't think about it they just don't care some people are obsessed with me who google earth my drive to see if i can get three cars on it when there's a parking issue outside their own i can't instantly but um so they're you know off the scale you know almost stalkery or oh, loads of death rates too instantly don't, don't forget those um but most people just assume so if you don't tell them they will assume in the way that this interview is is, is not structured but you, the reason you're doing it i think that I would have gone to university, probably a good one, um, you know, had some great, you know, career in the city, made a lot of money in banking and then went into politics because it was jolly hockey sticks and really funny. Um, that's what people just think. Mm. So it doesn't come up whether I have or whether I haven't. When I talk about it, when it, when it, when I'm not, I'm not shy about it. Um, then people are surprised sometimes they just assume they just we did we'll do that bit don't we we'll just assume we know what um you know somebody is yeah. sadly um sorry can you tell me tell me more about those death threats <laughs> oh well, yeah we're gonna get a scoop well we get loads of them we get we get death threats all the time and uh they're they're not great um well they involve death so they're not great uh they are from disturbed people um, I don't think that people take it seriously enough. I don't think that, you know, an MP saying I get a death threat um, doesn't really float anyone's boat, frankly. So what, you know, should have thought about that before we became a millionaire and went to Oxbridge, um, which, of course, I'm not either of those. Uh, but it is it, not good. And, you know, we've got social media and Facebook and Twitter full of lunatics and ranters and ravers. And what they do, because everything's a spectrum, as I was talking about education earlier, uh, is they allow uh, a, a space for these people that go, well, the way I deal with people like you is to uh, threaten to kill you, or maybe do it, Joe Cox. So, um, yeah, we get loads of them. I had a, one that was quite interesting. He said I was a rapist, not, I hasten to add, li literally, who had raped the country with what I've done. Uh, and the, 
the sentence of rape was death, and he was my executioner. Now, this uh, is didn't like to be locked down during COVID. Well, you know, lots of people did, lots of people didn't. Lots of people like furlough. Lots of people want to go back to work. Some people had to go to work and couldn't get a furlough. You know, there's a whole degree of people out there. But this chap's uh, idea was to tell me that he, I should die, and he was my executioner. That's quite a recent one. Wow. Uh, and is that is that the main issue that they that that the death threat has quote the no. lockdown? What about COVID? No, it's about anything. Brexit was pretty bad. We had um, heightened security for MPs during Brexit. Um, you know, so if you would, and, and, and it didn't matter if you were a Remainer or a Lever, the, uh, the Levers were particularly bad to the um, Remain, public Remain figures, and the Remainers were particularly bad to people like me. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of it. We get it all the time. I had one, which I, I sometimes keep them because sometimes they're not very well structured. So one of them said that, that he wished me a slow and painful death as quickly as possible, which I thought, you can't have the both, really. So we put that on the wall for a while. Uh, have you ever felt out of place in Parliament because of not having a degree? No. Well, two reasons. One is, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel reasonably comfortable that I can read and write and, um, and, and, and crack on with my daily tasks. So I don't feel that I... Um, I do sometimes feel... And, and, and it's usually misplaced. So I sometimes feel that I may have missed something culturally in the experience of going to university and maybe I'd have learned a lot of stuff that I didn't. Um, there would be an argument about timing. So if you go off at 17, 18, 20, 25, cutting around the world, enjoying yourself and doing the job that I did, yeah, you might, you might be later in your development of, I don't know, policy thoughts and that sort of thing as opposed to somebody at university who might have joined a debating society, a political student union, whatever. So um, I sometimes think there may be that, but I've got no evidence of that. I just think that might be the case because I didn't experience it. Um, and secondly, as I said to you, quite importantly, most, nobody knows. You know, I sit in meetings and, and conversations with people all the time when they go, oh, you remember what it's like when you're in university. I don't go, I didn't go. Well, apart from anything else, you sound like one of those people, don't you? You know, oh, what do you go? Um, but I, they, I, I just get the idea that they just all assume that um, it's not it's not healthy for people to be like that, but that's politics for you a bit in MPs. They just all assume, so I never feel out of place. Am I okay to ask a few questions about Dominic Cummins? If you want. <laughs> you can ask me questions about anything. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll <laughs> so, can I just get your reaction to the news that he could be gone by... By next year, Christmas. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I had a mate of mine yesterday who's a political junkie, um, and uh, but isn't in the system. He always wants to be in the system. He always wants to be in the machine. And I'm always saying to him, "Oh, bloody, I've been in this too long. I should be going to get a proper job." He was on to me about this, you know, thing with um, Cummings and and the other chap. And um, and I said, "No one cares, do they? Does anyone care about this nonsense? You know, they care about." furlough and, um, and you know if anyone's going to get sick or you know going to get a vaccine do they care about all this nonsense well it seems that now that the media is so bored you know vaccine it made the stock market you know tick up and everyone went oh if we're going to do all our bloody covid stuff now you've got to go a vaccine oh no well, let's talk about number 10 machine because that'd be interesting so i didn't think it really was but maybe there's a little bit more interest to it because people are bored cummings 
he's had his day. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think he was brought in to do a job, which he's done really, really well. Um, and maybe he feels, well, that's sort of run its course a bit. Um, and they would want some changes at the, at the top. And Boris wants to, you know, have a slightly different direction. Now we're, government is different than campaigning. And I've felt for a while now that the government itself, or the people close to Boris Johnson, haven't really stopped the campaigning bit. Well, we did that in December when we won. Now we've got five years to govern and let's govern because that's what we're supposed to do. So I think that this is more a case of that. I think it's um, Dominic was there for a reason. He did that very successfully. Now maybe his time has come. Okay, what do um, you think about it? What do I think? Yeah. No one cares what I think. <laughs> yeah, well, no one cares what I think. <laughs> but um, have you have you had any any interactions with Dominic Cummins? No. When I um, when he was um, off doing his eye test, um, I put something on my website, and I did hold my 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 you know my counsel for a while because I didn't know all the details. And when he sat in the rose garden, started saying it's about my kid, it's about I put him in a car, I took him somewhere safe. I thought. Who could possibly disagree with that? Who could possibly disagree? And he said, and I went for a drive to check my eyes. I went, oh, my God. So straight on my website then, I said, I think that's, you know, that if you're trying to get other people to make sure they follow the rules, then a sacrificial lamb is probably what's coming there. And I wrote this little statement on my website, and it said, I don't know Dominic Cummings. I've never met him. And the amount of pylon I got from that, by people saying, oh, you've all said that. Well, that's because none of us have met him. You know, a few people have met him. Mm. Theresa May's former chief of staff had been one of us, had been an MD, wandered around Port Cullis House, you know, going backwards and forwards to places. Never, I've never even seen Cummings. Never, apart from on television. So I don't know anything about him, really. Okay. Um, so how do you see the, the power structure of number 10 changing if he does go? Well, I just think that, you know, I, I get the idea, and I don't know this, this is all speculation, yeah. and I hear people on the radio talking about it all the time, and they don't know either, incidentally. And this is how you, Carrie Simmons wanted him gone, you know. Who knows that? Just Does anyone believe that Carrie phoned up Laura Kingsburg and said, guess what, I'm a bit bored with the newborn baby and walking Dylan in number 10 garden. I'm going to try and reshape the government. It's a bit weird. Um, so I know about as much as they do about this, so it's just my speculation. And my speculation is, as I said, really, I think, you know, we need to now, we're coming to the end of the pandemic. We're coming to the end of the transition period. We have left the EU. We need to start governing in a different way. And that is a different discipline. And yeah, tearing up Whitehall and, you know, changing the civil service, there's a lot of merit in that. You know, I dealt with public sector and public servants for 20 years. And I can tell you, it's like walking through treacle a lot of the time. You know, in real life, you know, things don't happen the way they do in public sector and civil service. So, um, there was some there was some argument for the Cummings project of changing that, but in general we need to start governing and governing for everyone and not just governing on Brexit and not just governing on COVID, and so I assume he's going to put a new team in there that is more, uh, you know, would be better place to do that. But you think there's some merit in in his uh, in the idea of sort of shrinking the government and taking away some of the bureaucracy? Yes. Small government. You know, we could do this thing about, and we do, people do it all the time about, you know, the left hate me, that, you know, they detest me. The last thing they want is a working class kid born on a council estate with a backstory that votes conservative. They don't want that because that just, you, you must be some sort of traitor. 
Well, whatever. I don't care about them, really. But my view about small state, about the individual, about people having personal responsibility is really simple. You know, freedom, the markets, let people decide. So my point being is, um, you know, I'm a free market, um, you know, conservative and I'm a small government conservative. Most people know how to live their lives themselves if you let them keep more of their own money and make more of their own choices. It isn't good. You know, this lockdown stuff is what I've been really troubled with. Um, but it isn't good for government to take more of your money in taxes and then to decide for you what you should spend it on. Great. Thank you very much, Royston. Is that it? That's Are we it. done? That's everything. <laughs> Wonderful.